Welcome to the LIBF Financial Education Team Podcast. In each episode, we will discuss the key topics that impact on financial education, and whenever possible, include guests so we can get their thoughts and ideas too. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Manisha, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Thanks, very. Thanks, Scott. Um, yeah, I'm great. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. I, I've been very well behaved because I haven't spoken to you for a long time, and I've I haven't had the catch up before we hit record, so I don't mess it all up on the record and, I, and don't ask the right questions. So, uh, but it's really good to see you. I haven't seen you for a while. You've been busy. Yeah, I've been really busy. So, um, I started. Um, so while I was teaching, I started an online tutoring company, and we make educational resources, um, and still do a little bit of and. Um, a little bit of economics teaching as well in schools um, and some financial education teaching as well. So, yeah, it's been it's been really busy, but it's been great. I knew the schools would let you go completely. You'd be too big a loss. So I knew that I, <laughs> I knew that would be the case. Well, look, obviously, so I, know I, mean. <laughs> <laughs> look, I know a bit about you and I know you quite well from when we were working. Well, you were working in schools and we were supporting through the work that we do at LIBF. Um, but for those that don't know you, um, maybe just a slightly longer version of your kind of your journey in the world of education and and kind of more detail of what it is you do now, if that's all right, Manisha. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I started teaching 10 years ago, which just sounds really strange when I actually say that out loud. Um, so I started teaching 10 years ago and it was mainly business and economics. Um, and then when I moved to a school in Milson Keynes, I then had the opportunity to start up the LIBF course, the, the diploma in financial education that we were then that we were then running there, which is when I then had a chance to meet you, Scott, as our, like when you were our relationship manager then. So I then took the lead for economics and financial studies um, and I also had the opportunity to run a an enrichment for our sixth formers in financial education called Money Matters as well which was incredible because I had a group of sixth formers that did all different subjects that would come to me each week with all of their financial education questions um, and it was anything and interestingly one of the first questions I got every year was when do I have to pay taxes and what taxes do I pay and it was the one thing they were really really worried about um, and it's because no one's really spoken to them about it before and then I got a fear factor right that tax word becomes like a scary word doesn't it if you don't really understand it it is yeah taxes are always such a such a scary word they've they they hear us talking about all of them um but they they don't really understand it and then they ask you all the questions about mortgages and about savings and it was really really nice just to be able to have that group that was led by students um asking all the questions they want to know about financial education um and then teaching the level 3 um financial studies course as well was amazing so i had the chance to completely start it from scratch um, and then we so I was I was at that school for six years. So we ran so and they're still running that course um, and they're still using yourselves. And the students gain so much from it because they learn exactly what they need to. And the question I always get from the year 12s and 13s is why did we not learn about this earlier? Um, why have we not been doing this since we were like five years old? How like why? Why is there so much that I now don't know that I'm just learning now, um, which is which is great. And um, so now I teach economics um very part-time and um, teach out in school in Bristol so I have moved out of Milton Keynes and um, so I'm teaching out in Bristol which a, a very different experience um amazing schools out there that I've that I've worked in and I run IXL Tutors which is an online tutoring company so we cover all subjects from primary and secondary 
um, and we also make educational resources as well. So we make things like student resources, we'll make student workbooks, student revision books, lessons, lesson plans for a range of different subjects um, from primary and secondary. Wow, Misha, that's a very good summary. Well, so many questions there because I didn't know some of this stuff. So I'll come back to this. <laughs> that's okay. But first of all, you're, you're obviously the working Milton Keynes at the school. This isn't supposed to be an advert for a lab, if I promise you, but you've done a great job in <laughs> making it sound great. But the reality to these things, having done this job for a while now, is you really need teachers driving it in the schools to make the biggest difference. And you were fantastic, Miss. You're a real good ambassador and you just had lots of ways to bring the subject to life and the, and the topic to life. And I think it's quite interesting because it's life skills, but actually you added so much more on, on that and we'll come on to that in a bit, um, if that's okay. But you, so you're involved in primary and secondary now. Is the primary thing new to you? Is that something you had to learn and develop yourself or did you know about primary education beforehand? So pri primary, primary is quite new to me um, and I'm really lucky that I've got a team around me of primary teachers as well, which then very much helped that in terms of creating the resources for primary and delivering and delivering them in primary as well. Okay, so fantastic. it's very much a team effort. Yeah. Um, and it is it is something that I had to learn about really quickly, though, as well. It's great, but it's, yeah, it's busy. And the topics that you cover then, are they kind of still business finance oriented or is it more broad than that? We're looking at everything. We're looking at we're looking at both. Um, so there is some fi some financial kind of education for younger for younger students, especially when it comes to things like Money Week. Um, but then there's also a lot broader subjects as well um, that we then cover in terms of primary. Brilliant. And just finally, then, obviously, you've moved in from Milton Keynes to the Bristol area. You know, just broadly speaking, is it very different in the sense of education and kind of and and I guess how students are and how they take education? I think so. I, th I think in general, each, each school has is very different in itself. I think the students themselves are amazing. I don't necessarily think that like education is very different in the two different areas i just think the individual areas are very different um i think i think that's the only main difference yeah fair enough makes sense all right well then my next question that's okay is about you and your passion for education like it comes shining through it every time we speak it does from the first time i ever met you like you're just so passionate about education and i think really I think it's about how wanting to help the, the children, the youngsters, and be the best they can be. That's what it feels like to me. But tell me a bit about where your passion comes from and, and what inspired it maybe in the first place. I think it very much came from my own school experience. Like I, I still keep in touch with some of te some teachers that I went to school with, and that's secondary and primary. So I've got a primary teacher who I still keep in touch with. Um, and like very, very much keep in touch with them. We we keep an eye on each other's journeys. They are hugely supportive of what I do. Um, and then secondary teachers as well that I still keep in touch with. And I had such an amazing experience from education throughout every school that I went to. I think a lot of it comes from there. And that kind of very much then just shines through in what, what I want to do as well. Then that's the kind of teacher that I would aspire to be and how I would aspire to be. Um, and it's also then really nice. I've had students that I've seen recently who are graduating, going on to do amazing things. And it's so nice then seeing their journey. Um, and I've had parents who then kind of like bumped into me afterwards and, and told me exactly what their what their child's doing now. And it's just great to see the journey that you can then help them like on as well. That's where you know you're getting old and teaching when you see the, the, the kids go through <laughs> and they've got jobs and stuff and coming back. So sorry, but that's the reality of it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's when you realise like, when, when some of them are now teachers as well at the school that you're then teaching and you're like, wow, I taught you. <laughs> that's when you know that you've been doing it a while. <laughs> 
I think when I ask that question to, to teachers, there's usually one or two stories. Either they've had a really, really good journey educational-wise and they want to go on and take that themselves and, and, and be one of those people that they kind of had the luck to be a part of or be or be educated by, or they've had a really bad journey and they want to go back and then change it. And it's always nice when you hear it's been a good journey and you want to go and inspire others based on the inspiration that you got. So fantastic. Um, and then more specifically, then obviously at LIBF, we're, we're focused around kind of finance, the financial education world. And that definitely was something that I thought was passionate, that you were passionate about as well, not just education broadly, but also particularly that. And I know you do a bit more stuff now than just that. But where did your passion for financial education come from? And particularly, you know, working with those year 12 and 13 students in Milton Keynes and the Money Matters programs, what got that focus around that more specifically? So when I was at school, I felt like I didn't have any financial education. Um, and it it just felt like it was something that was huge and that was missing to me. So I found that I really struggled when I moved away and went to university, even managing a budget because I'd never been, I'd never learned about how to do it. All I really knew about up until that point is that I was going to get a student loan and this was going to be the amount. And then you were kind of just left to yourself to work out what to do with it and where it's going to go and how to budget food and how to budget everything else that you're doing, books, going out, socialising, um, how to like to kind of like even like train tickets and travel, that kind of thing, going to see friends at different universities. And I didn't have enough financial education to, to essentially know what I was doing. Um and then it was only really after I graduated and I started working at Santander for a couple of years that I really started to learn exactly what I felt like young people needed to learn. And it was the journey that I then went on. And it felt like it was quite late for me at 22, 23 to then be learning about. So I didn't even really know what the difference at that point was between a current account and a credit card. And I kind of had to self-learn quite quickly because then I was essentially working in a bank, helping to sell these products and didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't know what an ISA was at that point, and I was 23 years old. Um, and I just felt like it was really unfair for young people to then be leaving school and not having this awareness and not having this education because it wasn't taught as well, or it wasn't taught as much in schools at that point. So that's very much where it comes from. And having that experience of working in the bank then, and this isn't knocking banks by any stretch because they're sales companies, right? That's what their, their job is to sell products. <laughs> I think they do it maybe a better way than they did, but I was there at Barclays. What amazed me was talking to customers and clients about was how much adults didn't know about money. Did you find the same thing when you were working in, in Santander? Like, did it surprise you just how little we, I mean, ch children, one thing, but even adults didn't really have a clue? Yeah, absolutely. So you'd have a customer who's coming in and you'd and so insurance was a really interesting one when you realize how much money that someone could save on their like, say, home insurance. And if you have you have a customer and you can save them 50 pounds a month on their home insurance, but there's still a slight reluctance to change. And it's and it's all of these conversations because customers then, especially in finance, we get so stuck on, on the brands that we've always known. And you have so many people that are unaware of things. I think credit cards was an interesting one that a lot of a lot of adults came in and they didn't know that you could set up a direct debit to pay off your credit card in full each month and you'd pay no interest. That was a really interesting barrier um, because a lot of customers, they just don't believe it. Like they feel like it's too good. It's, it's too good to be true that you can have a direct debit that's, that pays off the whole credit card and you're not paying interest because everyone always saw credit cards so negatively. And I think if you then kind of swing the benefits of them, because there are, especially when it comes to like protection on certain products, I think it's really interesting for consumers to be aware of that. And so many adults are, are unsure, which is why a lot of adults then get missold things as well and have been missold things. 
Yeah, and back to your point earlier about actually students leaving school not knowing these things, saying to you, like, I wish we learned this from like maybe a primary school. We hear parents say that a lot as well when we talk to parents yeah. about the course videos. Like, yeah. Oh, God, I'm glad my, my, my child's learning this because we never got to tell this when we were at school. So brilliant. Okay. Well, if you don't mind now, if you could backtrack to your, your days of delivering in Milton Keynes, going back over yeah. there and stuff, um, it'd be lovely to hear a little bit about kind of how you approach delivering French education and how you managed to bring it to life. Because I know you did it in some really clever ways. You mentioned a few things with money matters but you know what what ways did you find you could take the content from maybe our level three diploma and service qualification actually add something to it so to really build that engagement what were some of your tricks and tips <laughs> I think it's very much about bringing bringing your own experience into things so I would always very honestly go in and say to students I didn't know about this until I was 23 years old. And you talk to them about how you then use these products, what the benefits for you are as an individual, and you then bring in your own your own examples and life examples that you then have. Um, I think credit cards was a really interesting one. Um, so I had bought flights on my credit card to fly out two days after Monarch went into administration. We were supposed to be going to Cyprus. About the timing. Um, yep. Yeah, supposed to go to Cyprus for my cousin's wedding. Luckily, everyone had paid for, for flights on credit cards. And it was then that that brought into like reality the, the benefits of paying for things on credit card, especially flights, because we really easily got all of our money back. And using examples like that makes it so real for students, because I'll start off with, um, telling them the story about and they're and they're all like they're all they're all completely hooked because they want to know did you get there did you get there like how did you get there what happened <laughs> did you make the wedding <laughs> yeah we made the wedding in the end but we had to redirect get different flights and things like that I'm but, getting an EastEnders vibe here where you kind of give half the story in, in less than one of the week and then you get the, the drum beat and then it, you pick it up in less than two <laughs> oh yeah definitely definitely <laughs> so know exactly what we so know exactly what's kind of coming but um yeah it's so definitely bringing in stories like that, make it really interesting for them, really engaging. And it also then helps them to um, think about their own situation, things that their families and their friends might have then gone through. So a lot of them talk about siblings when they've gone to university and how they then budgeted and things like that. Um, and helping them to think about when they might need things at some point in their future. So when might having an ISA be beneficial for them? What products do they use now? What might they then use at different points in their life? Um, and getting them to really look about what they're going to go through. And their journey is going to look very different because you'll have students that are saying, next year I'm going to do an apprenticeship. And they are dead set on that. And you'll have students that say, next year I'm going to university. And getting them to understand what the differences are and the different financial products that they will then need and use at that point. Fantastic. And did you do anything like outside the classroom, either with external visitors coming in or actually taking the students out? I know it's not always easy to do these things, but <laughs> was there other ways you could bring it to life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Bank of England, we would go to the Bank of England Museum and then we've been into LIBF a few times. We've done um, we've done talks there. So especially talks around um, the financial crash. Our students found those really interesting, um, especially because you're you're there and you can see it and you can feel it. I think that's what makes a really big difference um, about it as well. Um, Student Investor Challenge was always so popular with our students because and, and they were they were probably slightly addicted to it at points because they could see they could see how much money they were making or losing, um, which was which was great. And it's all of these things that then bring everything to life as well. And then we'd have external speakers come in. So we had um 
a speaker from the University of Leicester came in to talk to us um, about the financial crash and what could have happened um, and why it then happened and the different factors that, it, that the different reasons as to why. So, yeah, definitely external speakers um, and kind of going out on trips and things. Well, obviously, we're passionate about the world of financial education, um, but not everyone seems to buy into it, if we're honest about things. And sometimes we ought to convince, you know, others that this is an important subject to study. What did you see some of the benefits maybe for the student and or the school with um, with taking the qualification and, and the students studying it? You, you see enjoyment. So students enjoy it because they understand the benefits of it and they understand why they're learning it and they can then apply it to their own their own lives. The school have always so schools have always seen the value in it um, because they know that financial education at the minute is mainly taught in most schools through PSHE. Um, and having that individual financial education qualification gives it a lot more um, like that gives it a lot more value, essentially. And students have a lot more hours they can put into it. And it gives them so much real life experience. Everyone is going to need financial education and everyone should have access to really high quality financial education. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that's that's kind of where I see it. Yeah, fantastic. Um was it ever a struggle convincing the students to study? Were they thinking it's going to be like all oh, maths and boring, or were they kind of keen straight away when they heard the topic and what was involved? I think some of them were slightly reluctant because they thought there was going to be a significant more amount of maths. Yeah. But when you then talk them through what they'd need to be doing um, and the GCSE maths that they've done would be would be sufficient for them to understand, um, then they're absolutely fine. So, no, I don't think it was ever an issue um, convincing students to do it. I think it was just making them aware that it was an option for them um, and talking through the benefits with them. That's when you really then win them over. Fantastic. They felt like they didn't have enough options. There was probably a lot more that wanted to take it than couldn't take it because they, they couldn't take they couldn't take any more options. <laughs> <laughs> Super. Thanks, Malaysia. Okay. With regards to progression then, when students would do maybe one of the finance qualifications, what would it ever inspire them, I guess, either to look at maybe studying that at a higher education or maybe looking at a career? And I'm not looking, trying to put words in your mouth here, but I know, you know <laughs> for some, you know, they wouldn't have thought about it at all until they kind of pick up at level three and they think, actually, do you know what? I've quite enjoyed this. And where else can I go with it? Did you find that? Yeah, absolutely. We definitely found that. And because it's quite a broad qualification as well, and you get to look at so many different areas of financial education, I think it then made them aware of how much there is within within the world of finance, because it's not necessarily just um, there, there's, there's not like so they can look at like marketing within finance and things like that. So if they were really interested in marketing, but they were also interested in finance, then they could kind of combine the two of them. So it gave them a really broad understanding of how much um, there is in the finance sector as well. And higher education, would you get any that might go on study, maybe looking at economics or business or finance at a higher education level rather than maybe what they might have been choosing to beforehand? Yeah, absolutely. You you definitely see that because they really enjoyed it and they felt that passion for it. Then they definitely then go into kind of do that and look at that in terms of um, higher education. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. More broadly now, then looking at kind of your expertise and your current role and obviously your experiences as well. Actually, before I ask that question, you did mention um, about teaching it. And obviously you had a your, your teaching qualification. You did a bit of your work at Santander. So you had a back, background in kind of finance. Do you think you have to have those things in place to be able to deliver our financial education qualifications? Or, or do you think, because sometimes when we speak to teachers that are a bit more scared to take it on because they've never been a finance teacher. I don't think it was a finance teacher, to be honest with you. There's no such thing. It's just, you know. Um, but did you th- was that a massive help or could you have done it without that background? 
I think I could have definitely done it without that because of the resources that you provide schools with in terms of textbooks, lessons, that kind of thing, and the amount of support that you provide schools with as well, and the amount of resources that are available. Um, because so most adults are generally who are, who are working in schools generally have quite a good understanding of financial education. And I think with a team of people around you, you can then always help each other out. So no, I don't necessarily think you need um, a kind of a, a, a finance or, or an economics or a business background in order to be able to deliver financial education. I think it can be very, very, very much delivered by any teacher in a school. Brilliant. Thanks, Manisha. Okay. And now, okay, the crystal ball question now with all your experience and what it is you currently do, <laughs> if you had to guess and predict, or maybe you think about these things in your role, how do you see kind of education moving forward, maybe over the next five to 10 years? Obviously, technology is playing a part in it now. There's all different things coming onto the marketplace that can be a help or a hindrance, depending on how we embrace them. Well, what, what's your views on how education might unfold? So I really hope that what financial education looks like is that every young person from kind of primary upwards has a specific financial education like course or like curriculum that's then created for them um that kind of fill, like flows through until they then <clears throat> until they then leave school be that in year 11 or be that in year 13 so i think financial education in schools is definitely going to increase um and i'm really hoping that it's going to look like there's a lot more schools that are then taking on financial um like financial studies qualifications specifically as something kind of separate um to put in if that's delivered during like a, a form time that would be great or if it's delivered as a specific lesson that would be even better um but then it could also look like there's online courses that are then created where young people could then like complete those online courses um as well so something along those lines could work what role do you think technology is going to play i mean do you see currently the way you're obviously you've got a very modern thinking organization there and the way you present the resource that you provide to schools you know how much have you got your your eye on technology kind of and what's coming down the, the pathway to make sure that you'll stay on top of things as well as an organization how might that impact on on how, how students learn I think it will I think there will definitely be um an online course of financial education that all students can then kind of buy into at different ages um and that schools can then use at different ages so there could be like a a key stage one a key stage two a key stage three and then like a GCSE and a, and, a, and a kind of 16 to 18 platform that students then have access to where it's got lessons it's got activities and it could all be online based and there could be some form of an app as well as a as well as a website as well just so you can then utilize all that technology as well fantastic all right and now a tricky question for you in, in your current role then if you don't mind sharing maybe just one or two of the i guess the highlights of what it is you do and maybe one or two of the challenges working in education what are the things you kind of not to keep you up at <laughs> night but you know you kind of oh here we go that's part of it all put you on the spot here maybe one or two highlights <laughs> and one or two challenges um highlights are definitely seeing where students go at the end of the year um seeing what they then progress to and how happy they are with kind of results and things like that and where they then end up and seeing them change as characters so they'll if, if they come into your room when when they first come into your room the change between when they first come into your room and they then leave your room at the end of the year and the change that they've then made behave be that behaviorally um and just how and just how they've kind of developed as an individual and a person um one of my other highlights is parents' evenings. 
which is probably like something that not many people would say. <laughs> and it's just having and open evenings, having conversations with parents and seeing how interested and excited their young people are about school um, and about kind of seeing how they've changed um, and how they've developed and things like that as well, which is really nice. And yeah. seeing seeing kind of open evenings and how people are really excited, like young people are really excited at kind of progressing either into sixth form or into year seven, depending on what the open evening is. It's definitely one of my highlights. Definitely one thing that loses my voice at the end of the night, but it's definitely yeah. a highlight um, <laughs> as well. Any challenges or should we leave challenges that are on, oh, on the so spot? many challenges. <laughs> Everything's <I> think- perfect. <laughs> I mean, I, I I know that I'm I'm I'll be really like really honest about this one. The biggest challenge at the minute is is teachers and but teachers and funding and how many teachers are leaving. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I left officially for a year and a half and then kind of went back into it very part time. Um, and it's it's workload, it's funding, it's retaining teachers, and it's just the the culture in some schools. Um, schools are just really struggling to keep to keep really good teachers um and that's and that's the struggle at the minute and we're not and we can't recruit enough um so that's a definite challenge which is then causing knock-on implications because sure. if teachers are leaving that has a knock-on impact on students and behavior and yeah. their security in a way we've seen a lot this year when visiting the schools like we're doing in the role like i reckon on a normal year maybe one in ten schools you see maybe a main tutor change or an exams officer change this year it's probably like every third school we're seeing that you know so it definitely is is that's definitely part of the landscape at the moment and i hopefully things will settle down and and uh yeah everyone can get their full quote of staff and have the right staff doing the right things in the right classrooms which would be brilliant all right you may have asked this question already but let's see if there was one thing you could change about the world of financial education what might that be (laughs) um that it is that it is in in all schools um at all levels essentially and we'll take that. And that it has the value. It's got the value that it that it deserves. Do you think you could have meaningful financial education in primary school? Yes, because I think young. Because I think from the age of like two, three years old, they are like you can have those conversations with them. You can when you when you go to a supermarket, you can have a conversation with with a with like with your child about oh that like that's a little bit more expensive or oh that's how much that is how much is if we buy two of those how much is that and you can you can have these everyday conversations with them. Yeah, habits form early, don't they? So I guess the, the quicker there's habits in place, the better. Fantastic. Okay. And then my penultimate question, you and your plans. You've obviously <laughs> been had a busy couple of years. Um, lo- yeah. A lot's going on. But maybe it's just consolidation, settling down and just keeping things steady for a little bit. But what are your plans moving forward? Um, so probably to stay teaching part time a little bit. Um, I'm like two, three days a week at the minute. Um, so to kind of, which is which is great, and I love that. Um, grow the business. <laughs> so so grow 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 the number of tutors that we have. So push push kind of more subjects that kind of thing really. So yeah, just kind of focusing on doing both at the same time somehow. Well, I know you you won't you won't rest, so you'll be busy doing. I'm <laughs> sure. Um, fantastic, Mish. Thank you so much for this. I really appreciate that. I have had the privilege and the benefit of seeing you in the school space and seeing how you impact on the students. They loved you. Oh, I'm sure they still do love you um, and the work you do because it's your pa- your passion and you you. I think you, how much you care about them comes like shining through, and it made a big difference. So, thank you so much for your time. If people want to find out more about you, the the work you do and stuff, what's the best way of going about that? Um, so our website, ixltutors.com or follow me on Twitter, either. Um, yeah, so my full name on Twitter or the company on Twitter, ixltutors. 
Brilliant. We'll put the links in the show notes anyway so people can find you nice and easy. Would you come back on maybe in six months or so time and just update how things are going and let us know yeah, what the yeah. world of education is really like? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to do that, Scott. <laughs> Miss you a star. Thank you so much. All the best. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And if so, please remember to leave a review and share. To find out more about the work we do at LIBF and our French education qualifications, please contact us or visit our website. All details can be found in this episode's show notes.